Hey everybody, I know it's been some rough times out there as things are opening back up, but I thank you guys for joining me again. This is Alu. This is 24-8, 8 Days of Hustle in 7. This episode is pretty cool for me. I have a very special guest, my parents' very own pastor, Pastor Derek Rutley, but I'll let him do his introduction. Go ahead, Derek. Awesome. Hello, everyone. Pastor Derek Rutley. Uh, I am a second-generation pastor of Berea Family Tabernacle of Faith Church in Pontiac, Michigan. Um, I've been pastoring now for about five and a half years. I uh, took the mantle from my father back in late 2014 and uh, been doing it ever since. Strong. I love what I do. Love people in general. And Man, I'm just honored to be on the call today. Thank you for having me, Aaron. Oh, no problem. I'm excited that you know, my mom even brought it to my attention. I was like, oh, yeah, I think that is a discussion that needs to happen. I think it's cool, as young as you are, I don't, if you don't mind, how old are you? Don't mind at all, man. I'm, I'm 38 and about 7 eighths. Very cool. It's, it's to, <laughs> to be a, a very young pastor, I, I think your story and your background is very, very cool, and I'm very honored to have you on today. It's very humbling. Um, today's episode's... Uh, the title is Religion in the World Today, and I feel like you were the perfect person for that. Um, what I I really want to begin with was what made you want to become a pastor? Well, no, I didn't, to be honest with you. Um, <clears throat> I was always asked uh, growing up by my father being a pastor, and um, my parents had five boys, as you know, and... and uh, to be honest with you, I, I didn't want to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a preacher. I wanted to be a recording artist uh, because, you know, my brothers and I, we, we sang all of our life. We were musicians and singers. And um, I, I actually ran from the call of the ministry for quite some time because, um, like I said, my plan was to do music. <clears throat> and I got a chance to do some music for a while, uh, both locally and internationally. And, um, you know, I just developed one day a love for God's word. And I think there's a difference between um, going to church and being saved. I really got saved <laughs> and had a relationship with God and his word. I had a burning desire to share his word and what he was showing me with the world. And that's when the Lord tapped me on the shoulder and said, that's all I'm asking you to do. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I that didn't see good. it like that. Yeah. You know, we all have our, you know, our of what we think being a preacher or pastor is and the Lord had to show me I'm not asking you to be like anybody I'm asking you to do something for me yeah that's that's it yeah man yeah and my reply was only under one condition God you know I don't want to be like other preachers I just want the ability to influence people that you are who you say you are and when that happened um, I was just a young minister and I thought that the visions God was giving me was to help my father and little did I know that in December 2014 that all of the preparation that I was doing and efforts to help my father's church the Lord was showing me I was putting that in there in your spirit rather for you to do yeah and uh, you know God is he's amazing because he does stuff like that man I think he expects us to make plans but leave some room for him to interrupt them and if he interrupts them 
That's the best interruption that can happen for you. He wants to see how far you can go, and then, okay, and he's like, let me step in and show you. I think that was cool. I think that was cool, what you said. Like, yeah, man. You had your own desires. Yeah. You had your own desires, but he was like, let me let him see what he can do, and then I'll show him right. what, what he can do with me. You know, that's that was the gap, and I think that's that's huge. Cause that's, and I think that's why I think you're perfect for that, because what you said in the beginning you didn't want to be and uh more importantly what you said i don't want to be like other pastors there's there's a lot i love i love that because there's so many regardless of what your religion is of course regardless of what your religion is you have this vision of this person that you you know you kind of want to shy away from because you feel like they're not truly connected or relatable to the people or if everybody's different um, but you said you wanted to be your own. You wanted to be able to express and connect people to God through you, through what you could bring yeah, to the man. table. Did you have, yeah, did you have any battles, doubts? You know, just rough times getting to that point. Um. Yeah. I think. I think anything you're called to do. Uh, I think you're going to have battles as a true testament that if you got what it takes to survive, and I did have battles, and you know, um, I, I was young when I got started for starters. Um, I think this year will mark 18 years of preaching for me, and I'm 38, so what was that, 18 years old when I started, something like that? Yeah. Um, I was young. You know, my father was surrounded <clears throat> around a lot of uh preachers, you know, around his age at the time. And so uh, when I got started, it wasn't a lot of young young people that were serious about God like I was. And so, you know, you, you stand alone sometimes, and and your colleagues are people that are old enough to be your parents, you know. And um, it's, it's still like that. It, that's been my story my entire ministry. But I think it's, it's prepared me. It's matured me. I've always liked hanging around older people anyway. I just didn't know that I'd be in a position where I would be leading them. Yeah. And um, yeah. <laughs> there's always, well, well, not always, but for me, there was an internal struggle with that because I was taught to to uh, to respect my elders, and I still do. You know, I pastor people that I say yes, ma'am, to yes, sir, to. Um, I'm the authoritative voice, but that respect, that old school respect, is still in you. So that's one of the struggles. I was trying to lead people that you respect. Right. And I had to learn that it's possible. Um, God always has a way of showing you that it's possible because you'll turn around and they'll show you that same respect. Right. You know, and uh, that helps. But I guess the question is what happens when people cannot see past your age? Yeah. That's another struggle. You know, <laughs> I've had to, I've had to pastor people who couldn't see past the age and, and the 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 secret is is to continue to lead them without showing them. I see, right? I see, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, it's, yeah. You don't want you don't want you know what I mean. You don't want people to think you tripping. Yeah. Or you got a, a you know a monkey on your shoulder. No, it's all good. It's all good. I, I, I do my job and do what God has called me to do, regardless uh, to whether you receive me or not. So there's always a struggle. Yeah. I, I think that's what people need to hear because they, they like to separate, you know, re, religious people, religion, and what people call normal people when we're all people, is that your story was very much like others when dealing with their calling, is that they have to stand alone sometimes. Um, 
and they don't they don't like to categorize or put themselves in the same boat as preachers, pastors, uh, ministers, all of the above, because they they have this negative perception of that, and um, that's why I wanted to have this discussion because you are an individual you are a man but now you're a man of god but you had struggles you had trials you had tribulations you had to separate yourself to find the correct path the path that was laid out for you um and i think especially in this time and that's why i brought you on during this pandemic it's it's a struggle for a lot of people to stand alone and sit alone in in their own peace or darkness, whatever they want to call it, but they're having to face themselves when they regularly don't have to. They can avoid it because other things are going on in the world, but now it's at a standstill. And to me, I wanted to know how it was, or it is now for you, being that leader, being that pastor in this pandemic. Like, how, what what's that been like, the transition? That's a very good question, man. That's, I think that's an excellent question because that's a reality that none of us knew that we ever would face, especially pastors. <clears throat> and uh, I look at myself as almost like a small business owner, you know, almost in the same situation because uh, though the church is an organism, it's a living, breathing thing, it's the body of Christ, um, it's still an organization as well. And, uh, you know, the church has <laughs> bills to pay. And like any business, when the doors are closed, if you don't offer your service, <clears throat> there can be the threat of you losing your building, your livelihood, you know, your salary, just like any other job. This, when this is what you do, this is what you do. And then not to mention um, that in order for you to survive in a changing world, you have to shift with it technologically. And that shift was not difficult for us being that we already streamed our services online. Um, we already had some of the online giving resources in place. Um, technologically, our, our website is probably one of the finest church websites in our city. And upon me taking the helm as pastor five and a half years ago, those are some of the first things that I wanted to institute is to you know cause our church to really shift technologically with the time so we wouldn't I feel like this antiquated, old, outdated system that couldn't reach today's generation and couldn't fit in in today's economy. So um, for us as a church, I, what I will say emotionally, psychologically, and spiritually for me, um, and this is going to sound weird to a lot of people, but the pandemic is great. It's, it's great for me. Um, the millions of church people all over the country that are struggling, like other businesses, uh, to do what they do in order to make the customer happy. And sometimes you feel like you do it to no avail, not speaking uh, directly to my situation, but in general, when it comes to the millions and thousands, hundreds of thousands of smaller churches or medium-sized churches in the country, um, up here, up north in the metro Detroit area, it just doesn't seem like church is a priority anymore in the lives of people and so um for me a lot of the technological advancements that we did was god preparing us to weather this storm for us to be shut in because we didn't have to transition very hard uh, like i said we were already online we just continued to do that without an audience 
We already had online giving in place, and a lot of our parishioners gave online and still do. Some of them do. Um, so the transition, the biggest transition is um, making sure we get the information out, which, you know, through our website, which we prepared in advance. But mentally, man, and psychologically, um, spiritually, I'm, I'm, I'm getting more rest than I ever got. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. More time to read and to study and to pray and and you know to pay attention to my physical fitness. Yeah, which a lot of people don't do. You know, we go to church and shout, and then we go eat and lay down and <laughs> buy food and <laughs> yeah. get, get fat. You know, we have, we save the fat. You yeah. know, but you know, I'm, I'm able to put time into my my health, man, and my family. Oh, my love, and I'd be lying if I told you being on top of each other for three months wasn't <laughs> hectic sometimes but that's what you get when you have a family yeah you know you, um, that's a part of life mm-hmm. yeah you said something when you said people might find it weird that you're fine but i felt the same way i, I actually am enjoying as crazy as it sounds i'm enjoying this time like it's 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 yeah, it's, a, it's a building and a growth time and a time to all like people always say they never have enough time when the world is actually going and now they have all the time in the world but yet they're still not doing the things they said they would have done if they had time so that i'm taking yeah i'm taking advantage of this time uh but yeah I, i'm glad you said that i think it it is big transition but you touched on a few things and i'm glad you did like you know how the church keeps opening its doors how you have to still be there for the people how do you deal with and and this is such a sensitive subject but you know it's crazy you even said it. You guys are already up with the times. You guys, I've I've actually watched a few of your services uh, that you stream on YouTube. Um, wonderful. How, <laughs> yeah. How do you deal with the negative views that there are out there about church? I mean, there's everybody has an opinion. Like everybody has their own show. It's like now, like like social media is the way to speak negatively about everything. And I grew up in the church. Um, so I have, I have religious parents. I, I have, but the main thing I always tell people like you can, you can have a family that's in church, but it's all about you, your relationship with God. So I've, I've created my own relationship with God, with my own beliefs. And I think that's so important because you can't like my view, my opinion cannot be altered, cannot be shook because I have that relationship with God. Now it's, it's a personal thing. It's a feeling every day. It's experiences that I've had, situations that I've had. I shouldn't be here. I know these things cause this is what I have, but it's crazy cause some people may not have had situations like I've had or experiences or things. And it's okay to have an opinion, but like when I see the comments being made, like, what is your thought about that? You know how they say, like, you know, church takes money from people. All these things I like to say negative about churches. How do you, what's your take on that? Um, honest take is a lot of the things that people say about church that's negative, uh, perhaps it's true. Yeah, okay. And I know that probably would shock a lot of people that I was saying that. Okay. But, uh, the thing about it is, <laughs> what, what people see about the church, the people in the church see it too. Yeah. And um, everybody's just not honest enough to be honest about it. There it is, yeah. I'm a, yeah, I love you that. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I've always been a realist. And um, at the end of the day, 
if we're going to quote scripture and say the truth shall set you free, Woo. then let's, let's talk about it. I'll take let's it. I'll it. take it all day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's just the truth, man. Um, if we're going to be Christ followers, I, I think as a pastor, and I, and I said it, you know, as far as I, I, I told God that I would accept it, but I don't want to be like other preachers with the nursery rhyme sermons and the, <laughs> the over <laughs> the over enthusiastic offerings you know you're more excited about raising money than raising people there it is Ooh, you better i'm telling you you having a sermon right now pastor it's not fair right now you win the hearts you're winning the hearts of millions <laughs> <laughs> well praise god man it's, you know Aaron. you know how i look at it is you know, when I when I first turned 18 and began to work my own job and pay my own bills and purchase my own vehicles, I, I didn't want my parents to have to take care of me for the rest of my life. And my challenge to God was, yeah. God, if you are who my parents say you are, do it for me. Yeah. That's what I told them. And since that day, I don't think my parents have ever had to bail me out of paying my auto insurance, my rent, and, you know. So I look at the same way. That was on a smaller level. Well, now I'm a pastor, and I had to church to close. I had to close rather the church doors for three months. So here I am again in that same conversation. God, if you are who you say you are, and if this church that I pastor, if it's really your house, number one, I don't have to beg people for their money Correct. for you to make it survive. Correct. And then number two, I don't have to cheat and lie and steal and step over people in order to rise. Yeah. Uh, if God didn't take care of us and yeah. let me tell you man, after three months of being shut down our church doors don't have to close right. our bills are, are still paid God he provides and looks after his own so I say that by saying a lot of the negative talk that people have said is my thing is people are entitled to their opinion yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day if people are talking negatively about you the first question that I'll ask is, have you done something to cause them to talk negatively about you? Right. And um, the answer is not always yes, uh, because people, some people are just bitter and they'll talk about all churches. Exactly. At the end of the day, you have to know deep down in your heart that you're doing the right thing. And um, it's up to God for him to honor your heart. And it's not up to us to vindicate ourselves because... There's nothing wrong with being mad, but you don't want to look mad. Right. You don't want to preach mad. You don't want to lead mad. That, that's not love, because uh, oftentimes you may have a reason for being mad, but the people who see you, they don't see what's been done to you. Mm -hmm. They see your action. And so we always have to lead with love and, and hopes that our love will, will transform people's you of church saying, hey, you're not like the last preacher. You're not yep, like yeah. the last church. Exactly. You really care about them. You know, on Sundays when I go and preach online, there's nobody in the pews, but I'm calling the mothers. You know, we, we, we're giving away groceries, and yeah. I don't have a cell phone. Right. On social media. You know, it's not about what you do in the public. I, you know, what do you do in private? And if your heart is right, you know, God will raise up some people to vindicate for you and to fight for you. You won't have to fight for yourself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you said it. Uh, that, was, that was a lot. Absolutely, I can't. Yeah, yeah. That's that's. I loved everything that you said. Uh, biggest thing that you said. A lot of people don't say is you said it. What they say sometimes is true, but the point that I heard you said sometimes people inside the church 
can accept that truth. But that's not just like inside the church. That's also in life. So they like to talk about the good things but can't face the things they need to work on. But I also like what you said too. There may be bad things, negative things happening in other churches, but you said you were different. I approach life that I, I approach life that same way. Just because somebody that you know that I know or you had an idea of me or you had these negative thoughts about me, um, there's no reason to create an even bigger negative bubble. I can just pop that bubble with positivity and, you know, perceive with love uh, and perceive with change, uh, more importantly. But I, I think during this pandemic especially, I mean, I've talked to so many different people, a lot of discussions where... You know, about God, people say like energy, vibes, whatever they, the term they like using. But the common denominator has been faith. It has been that belief, that, that, power, that, that power that we know that is there in, in our existence of human beings. And that's why I'm at peace with myself, because I have God. I have that energy in my life. I have that faith. And the people that are having the roughest times don't have it. So those people that have always, I mean, I'm just, I'm just going to speak the truth right now. The people that always have something to say are the people who are struggling right now. And I have prayed for them. I, I still have discussions with them, try to bring them out the darkness. But it's been, it's, been, it's been light for me. It's been enlightening and it's been just a light around me because I, ha- I have that. And I, and I think you spoke to that is that you want to lead you want to lead your way you want to lead differently cuz that's that is what we need um i i, I did I, i'm glad you spoke about it cuz there are there's bad everything not every church is bad not every person is bad uh it's there's there's going to be bad things um uh, but that's yeah and I, and i and i see that and i when people bring it up about it i was like yeah okay that church may be doing it but not every church does it and i said i think what you're thinking about uh, especially, I'm going to give it like an analogy, like you're more focused on school, the school you go to, than your effort, your effort in that school. Same thing with, with God and church. You're more, fo- more focused on the idea of church than your relationship with God, like your effort with God, your effort with where it's supposed to be. And I think that's where people like lose focus. Um, what has yeah, been, be- yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, if that's the focus, the snare that you brought up, it's really not a church. It's more of a social club. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. And, and I think that's where a lot of things get, you know, misconstrued, and then this this becomes a mess. Um, yeah. Because whether, like you said it, I said it, I love when you said it way earlier in the podcast, when you said there's a difference between when you go to church and when you're saved and when you're saved. So when we bring that back full circle, I got a great memory, Pastor, so don't, don't, don't. <laughs> so, yes, so when people just go to church, and that's, I want people to hear what I'm saying, people just go to church to be seen. That's where the problem lies. That's what others see. They're seeing that that group. They don't see the saved. Because those saved people, they have that love and that kindness and that non-judgmental spirit they want. They're welcoming. But they're seeing the people that are just going at face value and have the most opinions about everything. Um, and and that, that happens a lot. 
And I feel like that's such a hard thing to deal with as a whole, but they're at, people act like it's just church. But it comes down, and I've said this so many times, that's why I wanted to bring you on today. It comes down to the individual. I think I've had so many discussions with my father during this whole quarantine is the individual. I mean, within itself, that's a podcast episode, which I'll probably have another time. But the individual, you're so focused on groups and others, but do you ever say I? Me, do you ever deal with that? Wow. That's absolutely that's and, and you know what? To your point, if you don't mind me cutting in, oh right no, you're there, fine, you're fine. That's a great point, man. I well, and subsequently, that's the difference between being a churchgoer and being a believer, right? Yeah, um, yes, yes, when you're yes. a churchgoer, your focus is to judge everybody else, yes, yeah. But when you become a true believer, man. And when you really establish your own relationship with Christ, um, the person that you judge more than anybody else is yourself. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, I know that, you know, <laughs> I, I, theology, I, I recently started taking some online course through, I believe, Harvard. And one of the things that I notice about theological studies is there's this world view of what it is to be a Christian. And I think there's more people who don't know what a Christian is than there are people who really do. Um, there's yeah. so many. Yeah. And, you know, the people believe in a pantheon of different gods. And there's so many people that say that millions of different ways to have a relationship with God. And what I would say is there's not. Right. There's not a lot of different ways to have a relationship with God. Um, at the end of the day, everyone has to ask themselves, do you know who Jesus is? I didn't ask if you knew who the preacher was. I didn't ask, you know, what you do as far as your giving and all that stuff is, is I believe, a part of our walk with God, serving and giving and volunteering and loving, because the Bible says when you have been converted, your job is to strengthen the brethren, which means when you've been changed, your job is to go love somebody else until they're changed. And the true definition of a Christian is a follower of Christ, and we all have to observe what he did. And so anyone who, who, who doesn't do what Christ did as it relates to loving and forgiving, um, I hear people talk about church hurt as well. And but we don't talk about job hurt. Right. We don't talk about grocery store hurt and road rage. We don't talk about, and none of that stuff stops us from going back on the highway because you had a little road rage that'll stop you from going back to Kmart. Right. <laughs> and so um, at the end of the day, when you have really found that peace in your heart, you're able to go. And if nobody else exhibits what a true Christian is, I love the challenge. You do it. You do it, Derek. If, if the other, my father told me years ago as a young, I wasn't even a minister. I, I went to him years ago and I said, dad, the minister's, when you were in the back office, they ran the service wrong, <laughs> and they did this, <laughs> and it was too long, and they boring the people, and they messed up. <laughs> and you know what he said to me, Aaron? He said, well, if you know what to do, then you do it. I said, no, no. <laughs> you know, I'm just your son, I'm telling you. But that, that stuck with me some 20, maybe 25 years later. And so that's always a challenge for me. If, if other people are doing the wrong 
then you show them something that they're not used to seeing. Show them love. That's you know, what, what, what you said. That's yeah. that's deeper than you have what you than you know. Is wow. you have you have to what you just said. If somebody's doing something wrong, and I it's, yeah. it, it, we could we I could get real deep right now. If you see somebody treating somebody yeah. wrong, if you see I'll go I'll say it right now. If you see an African male yeah. being treated wrong in America, rather than pull out your cell yeah, rather than pull out your cell phone yeah. and tape it, show yeah, them. Man. Change it. Show them how to be low. Like show, save that young man's life. You said it. You can't just sit back. And that, I know you learned it twenty five years ago from your dad. Thank you to your dad. You, like that's what people. I I'll go ahead and say it. People love sitting behind their little keyboards and their and their Twitter fingers on their cell phones, saying writing all the rude comments and their opinions. But when it comes time for when it comes time for action, they got nothing. They got nothing to say. They don't move. They don't do nothing. They don't do anything. And that's because we become a, a, a world and a, a country of cowards. Yeah, yeah. Really well, yeah. Know, back in the day, you know, a real man would say, you know, his convictions, and you wouldn't wouldn't be moved by it, wouldn't stutter, wouldn't bat an eye. But right. now, yeah, we, we have a generation and a country full of cowards. Yeah. It's all about me. It's all about a selfie. How many views did I get? How many likes and hearts? And yeah, I think how many subscribers? It's about me. Yeah, and you know, it's that's. And I'm gonna be honest with you. And I, and I don't mean to become a politician and <laughs> get all into social media because I had a Facebook page, and Facebook is wonderful, man. I think it's awesome for marketing and yes. communication. There it is. Mar- marketing. Marketing. Yeah. Yes. Marketing. Absolutely. Absolutely. You gotta use it wisely. Yes. And, you know, my page was maxed out, man. Yeah. Um, like five, uh, four years ago. Yeah. Four years was maxed out and I just killed my page because <laughs> uh, it, it became, it became more fake to me. Yeah. And it's different for different people. Yeah. And, you know, it worked for me. I was doing my music thing and marketing and getting away. It worked for me. It was great. But, you know, when you have to know what you can handle, and me personally, I couldn't handle the falseness because just like it's fake in churches and it's fake in Hollywood because they're actors, it's fake everywhere. People it is. post stuff that really, you know, you, you can you can, you can control your trajectory and your image on Facebook, whether it's real or not. Yep. Now they got filters about everything. You better meet that young lady before you... that's true i I think what happens is and i'm glad you said marketing i had this discussion on one of my last podcasts about social media uh you have to understand that is it it's a a marketing tool i think people get lost and they become their page they become that individual that they put out and i told these people there's a divide and I, cause I, I've been through three. I've been through three Instagram pages now, cause I can't really. I hate social media, but in order for me to be successful, in order for me to be yeah. successful, that is the way for it's, it's it's free. It's free marketing. I mean, that's that's what it is. And I have a divide. I post things that I do want people to yeah. see. I do want people to hear. Um, but that is not me. There's me in life. Wow. I am not on a page. I am not on a scroll feed. Uh, and that's people lose it. They they become. That image that they're filtering and posting, um, yep. and I think that's where we lose people. And you said something earlier that I have said over and over. It's my new phrase that I. You said your peace. I call it. This whole time, it's been about protecting my peace 
There's two points there. Yeah. Like, I have never felt more whole. Um, I have not allowed things in, um, but I have put stuff out to, to, like you just said, to spread that love and that peace. Because I want people to feel that same way. I don't want it to be focused on, we can't do this, we can't do that. You'll see things like, we're not free anymore. I mean, we are. We could. We're still free. We can still walk around our neighborhood, go shop, things like that. We we are still living life. Uh, some of us are getting more. Some of us are getting rest we've needed a long time. So I'm appreciating this time. Um, but it's it's really a mindset, and I and I think that's the biggest thing. When I've talked to people, uh, one of my good friends, Maya, my other friend, Randy, we've had discussions. I think it's those peaceful intellectual discussions where we connect and we talk about our faith and our beliefs and what's keeping us together and that's a part of the spreading that love and positivity sharing that energy which people need rather than talking about the bad things and that's what needs to be done that's why this podcast this episode needed to be done because people need to hear that people need to hear the struggle that you've had but people also need to hear how you've gotten through this not just before the pandemic but also during the pandemic because you are, even though you are a man of God, you are still an individual human being on earth. You you have to fight this fight. You have God on your side, so <laughs> that's a good thing for sure. Um, but that's, that's the peace that people don't have right now because they're trying to find peace in money. They're trying to find peace in followers. They're trying to find peace on these external things. It's about their inner conditions, their inner conditions, their inner peace, and they're they're not. They're projecting it outward. So they need to focus on the inward, and they're losing focus on that. And that's why they're sad, or they're they're panicking, or they feel like they're not free anymore. Um, And that's what I wanted to bring you on for, because, you know, like you said it before, people have so many views on church, but you're still a human being, and that's not right for that to be projected onto you. But you still have to get through this. So my next, right. like my next question is like you have a family. So how, how are you getting through this? What does your day to day look like? Wow, that's a great question. You know, I I get up, man. I'm up at like seven o'clock every morning, and so and and I'm I'm glad. You know, I get the most out of my day. Yeah. Um, I have maybe three hours, maybe four hours for the kids to get up. Um, to myself to read to reflect. To go on a bike ride or a jog, um, to, to even watch the news. Because being a pastor, obviously, I have to keep up with what's going on in the state to know uh, when we can reopen the churches, what restrictions, what resources to make available um, to our parishioners. So um, the kids are now doing online school um, since they they don't expect to go back to school in Michigan for the rest of the school year. Um, so, you know, I had to go buy another computer on top of our, my wife and I's our laptops uh, so the kids will have something to work with and trying to juggle them and their schedules and their schoolwork. Um, we definitely have a big appreciation for the teachers. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> uh, now a teacher. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I'm ready to go go to the school and say, come get y'all kids. <laughs> but, um, no, we, we, we work with them and allow them to do some schoolwork and share the computers and go outside and play a little bit, watch a little TV, and even um, get back into spending time with them, you know, doing some things around here. Um, I still go into the church office. 
I'm, I'm down to like two days a week or some things. You just need to be in your your space yeah. to, um, to get accomplished. You need to be productive. And um, you definitely can see with the kids working at home that this is not their, you know, they have in their mind a psychological disposition with this is not my workspace. It's yeah. my home. Yes. You know what I mean? But there's that fight with them that they can't stay focused because home is where they relax and eat and play yeah. and Yeah. And the atmosphere definitely makes a difference, but... You know, I continue to teach and preach online, of course, and study and have that time to spend with them. And so um, this is like, it's, it's beautiful, you know, because I can spend time with the family and see them um, and recalibrate. You know, I can reset, hit the reset button on what's important in life. And so our days are full when you have a family and they have schoolwork and they need the balance of play and watching family movies. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll stick a, a, a weekend on a Tuesday night watching family movies. <laughs> yeah. It's all, it's all mixed in together. Yeah, it's all mixed in together, man. And so our, our days are full of events. And then, of course, we try to communicate uh, with our parishioners and finding out resources to help those who are uh, going through right now, whether they're without job or food or... Um, coronavirus testing sites and all type of things, man. It's just the work of a pastor never ends. Yeah. It never ends. Even in the pandemic because people need you. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're losing loved ones. The loved ones are getting sick. Um, you still have your family. They're, you know, even though the building is shut down, you still got your, your internet at home and your computers and your cell phones. You're still communicating with people. And so um, the work never ends. So yeah. Our days are pretty eventful, man. I th- I think yeah you you said something that I do talk about a lot is um even with your kids I forgot I mean I have a nephew but like I didn't even think about theirs because I'm I'm an adult of course like we all have this spiritual emotional mental space you said it you said it earlier when you said you went to your church office I I say mental space all the time you have to find this space that you find peace in. And it's sometimes it's hard. Like I, I, I've called my dad sometimes because you're gonna have dark days. But I have this space that I've yeah. created, and that's now yeah. what I operate in is this space that I've built. Obviously, not alone with the help of God and my beliefs and the yeah. energy, the energy I have within. It's just that's that's it. And and I didn't even think about kids because yes, they're they're like this is where I sleep and eat, you know, pudding and cereal while am I studying. So everybody, and now you have to create a space for yourself and your kids. So I didn't even think about that for parents. So they have to create two different spaces to for their family to operate in. For and that's the that's the thing that I I, I preach, discuss, whatever you want to call it, with people is you have to build this space. And this space will not only help you through this pandemic, but in life once when everything reopens back up. Because I'm not going to use the term. I'm not going to use the term they use, which is the new normal. I'm not going to use that term. I'm just going to say when the world opens back up, you have to be prepared, and you should have already had this space that you created before. But that's what's wow. allowing me to get through this pandemic is this space that I have. That I like. I'll even give an example. I walk to. I live by the harbor. That's a part of my mental space. This is part of me saying, "Hey, I'm going on a walk." seeing the earth that God has created, this these beautiful landmarks. So it's giving me peace as I'm going on this walk. These are just examples yeah. I'm using for people to create these spaces and this positivity and this peace within themselves because people are freaking out. Um, but yeah, I agree. yeah, even when we when the world opens back up, 
you still have to have this mental strength and this emotional and spiritual strength in this space that you that you've created and i think that's i think that's where the most of the fears are coming from from people because everybody that's complaining it's not that they're sad they're afraid and i and i've heard in their voice they're afraid because they're losing grasp on their own life and that's just reality like i've heard i hear it in their voice when they talk to me and and they're worried about when they when when I have these discussions, they're talking about things like materialistic things, and I'm just scratching my head like you haven't said one personal issue, one personal issue yet, like no issues within yourself. And I think that's 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 the problem with the world today. I was like, uh, I don't think that really matters right now, but okay, I understand that that makes you emotional. Um, and I think people, if they create that space and that good feel energy, and I, I love to see my friends now because they have created that mental space. So they've created these people that they either they live in that same house, or they work with these people, or the people you're around the most. So now you have to be around these people anyways because you guys all know that you guys don't have the virus. You guys trust each other. So now you guys have built this space together where you guys go stay in the house together and like do a little mini vacation within this house. These are the type of things that I think that are important that I love to see because now it doesn't need to be going out to the bars and the restaurants and getting crazy over there. Now you've built this new life without even knowing it, your new fun because now it's all within. You don't need these external things to make you happy. So I love to see that growth. It's like, I would even say the split, the split's like 30 people, 30% people doing that, 70% people still sad. So it's like, it's a very, it's still not good. I want to see more people do things like that. Um, but it's those people that have those strong beliefs that are able to do that. Like uh, my parents are doing that, like my brother is doing that, but my friends, they've created this, this space that they're allowed to dwell in and live in. And they don't feel like their life has been stripped away. And and it's so good to hear you say that you had that space, even as a pastor. Which I didn't even think about that. Like you have to do all this stuff as a as a husband, a father, uh, a teacher now. But no, you go crazy. You go crazy if you don't find it, brother. There it is. There it is. There it is. If you don't mind me inserting in there, because you brought up a lot of good stuff, man. It's I'm one who believes that God is the master of using everything. Yeah. He, he he is the master of using everything. And, and I say, by saying that, I'm not one of those preachers that say God caused the COVID-19 pandemic. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. But what I will say is he is so absolute. He's so complete. He's so perfect. He's so ubiquitous. He's so omnipresent. He's so awesome. Let me just wrap it up by saying God is so God. <laughs>
that moves so fast that by, by the time you have gray hairs, <laughs> you've passed up important parts of your life that yeah. you didn't know was going by. Woo, exactly. You know? <laughs> I'm saying. We, we, I'm God saying. has used this pandemic for people like you and I who are not going crazy. <laughs> He's used it to help us hit the reset button. Absolutely. So we can find that, that space. Yeah. So that's, that's when the world opens back up, like you just said, we're gonna go and we're gonna go back into the world with, the, with different priorities. Yes. Um, we, we're, we're putting new habits in place. Yeah. And let, let me just say, God is the master of using everything. He uses everything for those who choose to trust Him. I'll tell you this. And everybody, my grandmama, the late great Mother Rosie Rutley from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. <laughs> purpose till it gets dark i won't forget that (laughs) i what i want people to take away and i'll let you give uh, your last statement before we we end this which this has been so amazing for me if y'all if you all could take anything away from this discussion as you all listen to this is obviously faith higher power god has been amazing in our lives but we want you all to create that space and believe in him that he'll do it for you. Uh, the yes, space, the spaces will get you through. We had this long discussion. I loved it from beginning to end. People struggle. Wow. And I, and I do empathize like pastor said with people who have lost their jobs, people who are truly struggling yeah. right now. We have lost sight on them. That's what's crazy. Yeah. We're all worried about what we don't have, but we still have a job. They don't have a lot right now. Wow. Um, and I want people to take that in, breathe it in, fill it, and pray for them. Create that yeah. space for yourself and create that space for them where they can bounce back to. It's bigger than just us. And I want people to realize, like you said before, it's all about I, 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 me, me, me. Like nobody's realizing that it is bigger than us. So we have to create this space, open and back up, that we as the people can bounce back. Or... This pandemic wasn't the worst part. This quarantine wasn't the worst stage. When we open back up, that'll be the worst stage if we're not prepared with that space. There will be chaos. There will be chaos in the steps. So we have to create this space that we talked about all this podcast to be prepared for what's to come. Pastor, I'll let you give your last statement. Um, Go ahead. Absolutely. Uh, The scripture that comes to mind, when people ask me my opinion, I never really give them my opinion. I give them what 
saved my life, and that's the word of God. And the Bible says, and the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guide your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. Not the peace that the world gives, not the peace that having a paycheck gives you, not the peace of having a fat crib or a $200,000 automobile, but the peace of God. Mm-hmm. That that passive, all understanding. What are you trying to say? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> when you should be losing your mind, and you have every reason to lose your mind, the peace of God will move in and will help you keep your mind and make you a survivor. That's what makes us different than other people. That's what makes African Americans as strong as they are. We know what it's like to go without food sometimes. We mm-hmm. know what it's like mm-hmm. to ridicule by the color of our skin. We know what it's like to get turned down off of a job because of the color of our skin. But the reason why we're still here is because we're survivors. Mm-hmm. We've been through some rough storms, but we're still standing. Let me tell you, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the peace of God. And I'll leave you with this thought. Just because you don't trust in him don't mean he hasn't been keeping you. Mm. In Jesus' name. It's real. In Jesus' name, amen. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, Aaron, for this space, man. I, I thoroughly enjoyed myself, man, on your podcast. This was, yeah, I'm glad you came on this. Uh, if I could have planned a perfect one, we just destroyed it. Uh, that's 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 my <laughs> mindset on it. I want to thank you all for tuning in and listening to this one, Religion in the World Today. I want to thank Pastor Derek Rutley and just this platform that God has given me. Um, and thank you all again. This is Alu. You guys know my mantra, sage, sacrifice, achieve, grow, exceed. And this is 24-8, eight days of hustle in seven.